Hello, everybody, and welcome on this Wednesday afternoon. We've had a little bit of rain. It looks like we're going to have a little bit more coming up tomorrow and the next day. We all need it. My grass isn't nearly as crunchy gonna, as it was. Going to file any complaints about us? Not about the weather? Yeah. With whom do I file complaints about the weather? I don't know. Nature. I I know from our scientist friend Brian Adams that there's a difference Ooh. between climate mm-hmm. and weather. Mm-hmm. So I can R- file remind lots. me of the difference. Uh, climate is uh, over a longer period of time. Okay. Weather is impacted by climate, not the other way around. But anyway, so um, how are you? I'm doing really well. You were yeah. bu- you were busy. I, I came to come into the studio. You were taping something for. Yeah, you know, Buzz. I'm a busy guy here on WHMP. It's a <laughs> lot of stuff that needs to get done, Buzz. Can't always be about you, Buzz. But it's got to be about me. It's not always about you, Buzz. Well, I'll tell you something about me. Tell me. This is one of my favorite times of the month because I get to speak with our buddy and uh, a representative for um, Lucky Constituents, Paul Mark. But before we do that, I just want to flag. We will be, after um, having had other campaigns, we're going to uh, have our last candidate uh, on the show who has not yet been there. That is Boston City Councilor... um, Andrea Campbell, she'll be on on Friday. She is running for attorney general, um, and I'm really looking forward to meeting her. Uh, she represents Dorchester, Mattapan, I think, Jamaica Plain uh, on the city council, and she is the only endorsed statewide candidate by Maura Healy, who, of course, is running for governor um, on the Democratic side. Um, and most people think will be a, a shoe in. And so Attorney General, the outgoing Attorney General, is in fact endorsing Andrea. I'm looking forward to that conversation. Um, on the Lieutenant Governor side, on Monday, we will have Dr. Tammy Gouvier of uh, Acton. She's a candidate for Lieutenant Governor. On Wednesday, making her second appearance here, will be Mayor Kim Driscoll of Salem. She is running for Lieutenant Governor. And of course, we've had Eric Lesser uh, the senator from Longmeadow, uh, on a couple of times. So um, I'm looking forward to those conversations. I also wanted to flag for people on um, Saturday, the 27th of August. Let me see. Seating will begin at 10 o'clock, um, and the event will begin at 10.30. There is going to be at Greenfield Community College a town hall by Senator Elizabeth Warren, um, she doesn't come out here uh, as often as we would like. I don't think she comes out as often as she would like because she's just incredibly busy and she's got a national prominence as well. But um, it'll be really interesting to go and have a productive dialogue get about today's issues with um, with Senator Elizabeth Warren. So that's this Saturday. Uh, seating begins at 10. The event begins at 10.30. So... Um, I really am glad to have Paul Parmark. You have been a very busy representative, you and your colleagues, um, over this, the 192nd General Court. You have passed the Votes Act, um, which is expanding voting when so many states are contracting voting rights. Uh, you had big work on climate. You expanded the Roe Act, the Reproductive uh, health and reproductive rights on the part of women, um, firearms um, bill and sports betting, and I could go on. The of course the driver's license for immigrants. You had a, a really important session, I think, and I'm very grateful to live in Massachusetts and to have a legislature that cares. But I did want to talk to you about the economic development bill, which 
I guess he didn't really reach. Um, oh, by the way, hi, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> A little long-winded today, Buzz. <laughs> My question is about the deficit. <laughs> well, there you go. So let's do, let's talk about this. We have um, this uh, law in Massachusetts that not many people... Um, really were aware of, I know I wasn't aware of, it's from the 80s, and it talks about giving back billions of dollars to taxpayers. Could you tell us about that and how that interacted with the Economic Development Bill? Yeah, there, there's a 1986 ballot question that became law. It has only hit the metrics since 1986 one time, I, th I think in 1987, and because of the money that's come in from Washington, because revenues have been beating expectations, and then there's some question about the way Governor Baker moves some money around that's for mass health, that kind of thing. There might be a little, not funny business, but a little creative uh, accounting. Um, because of all of that, there seems that it is likely to trigger this law that will result in a, like a general giveback of, of revenue. And, and, and so people kind of understand where this comes from. In Massachusetts, the budget has to be balanced, okay? That, that's where we start from. It's not like Washington. So if we don't have enough money... You have, you, we cannot go into debt. We have to either uh, raise taxes or we have to cut spending. And, and the opposite is also true. If you have too much money, if you have way too much revenue, then we have the stabilization account, the rainy day fund, where we can kind of stash away some of that. But, but it has a limit as well under this, under this ballot question law that's been in, in, on the books for over 30 years. And so nobody seemed to understand that we were about to hit these metrics, and we have to see now the state auditor, Suzanne Bump, she has, I think, till September 20th to give a complete report of this is where we actually ended up, and so this is what will be triggered. And so because of that... So I, I, just, I just want to interrupt, and because you've yep. said it all, except let me say it really succinctly. If revenues have exceeded what people have paid in taxes, we give some of the tax back to the to, to citizens, to taxpayers. Is that how it works? Yeah, yes, and... and, and under a metric set up by this ballot equation from 1986, it would result in a direct refund to, I believe, every person that has paid taxes in the, in the state. And the problem that creates for the economic development bill is we had already done in this session a $500 payment to every worker in a certain income range that had to work directly through COVID. So like, if you didn't have the luxury of oh, I get to do Zoom now from the office for a year and a half. If you had to report to work in person, you got a, a bump. And then in the economic development bill, there was going to be a second set of refunds, again, with certain metrics, but metrics that were set up by the legislature, House and Senate. And then we were hoping that the governor was going to sign. And he, he seems to think that, and I know he's a Republican, so his view of, of, of uh, taxes is obviously different than Democrats, but he seems to think we can do both of these things and it's not a problem, whereas the legislature is taking a more cautious approach and waiting and seeing, uh, you know, what can we actually do and what can we not do. So this uh, economic development bill, it's been the talk of the town, really. I mean, people have been speaking a lot about it. And I, I've read that some have talked about a $4.5 billion economic development bill um, doing really wonderful things. Is, is, is that number fair? I mean, I know nothing's set in stone, but that's what was on the table. Yeah, that, that, that's a fair range. And 
you know, when you talk about economic development, you're talking about how do we get money as we come out of COVID, as, as, as we look to build the future of this, of this state of Massachusetts, you know, where do we invest? Where do we take the money we got from Washington and make the best investments? And, you know, there's, there's a lot of good things in there. I think people are afraid that it has to have stalled out. And I, I don't think that's the case under the way the rules of the, of the House and Senate work, especially under the we're still under operating under the emergency rules because of COVID. We can come back. You know, it's, it's a rarity since the 90s. The only time we did it was in 2020. But it is possible. So I, I hope personally that once we see what is actually the final numbers, what does the auditors certify, you know, where are we? that we will come back and that we'll, we'll, we'll make something happen because I think it's important that we do it. Yeah, I mean, most of what I've read about this proposed economic development bill is it's intended, it's targeting working and middle-class people uh, to give relief to them and to stimulate further economic development, therefore future revenues in the future. That's, that's the theory behind it, right? Yeah, and then with the price of gas going up so high, up so high. Some people, including the president, the president had called for this maybe suspension of the gas tax, which is actually kind of short-sighted and, and, and probably ineffective. So the thinking was instead, if everyone gets this payment directly, well, this would be more than you would get if if the gas tax had been suspended. You know, and so, so it, it was like you said, trying to target uh, working middle-class people and just recognizing that, yeah, there's inflation, there's, there's, there's costs that I, I, I think are much higher than anyone expected two years ago. So how do, we, how do we help as a state keep people, you know, on a level playing field? How do, we, how do we keep them get through their day-to-day business? And here we have um, Representative Paul Mark, uh, representing the 2nd Berkshire District, who also is a candidate, and we're going to talk about that after our break, a uh, candidate for the Massachusetts Senate, um, to su- succeed Adam Hines. Um, and so you kind of have one foot in each chamber. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm, in, I'm in purgatory. <laughs> <laughs> well, being in purgatory, it's interesting because the Senate president, Karen Spilka, um, she wanted to trigger that law. She wanted to make a compromise uh, on legislation to get the money into taxpayers' pockets now. Uh, but the Speaker of the House, where you currently sit, uh, Ron Mariano, he was much more cautious. And he said what I think you said, which is we, before we make any financial decisions of this magnitude, we should wait and, and hear what the, um, the uh, Suzanne Bump, our state auditor, says is actually what we have. And that's not going to come out till September, as you said. And so where do you like, uh, sit with one foot in each chamber on that question? Yeah, I, I, I think the right move is to wait and see. And, and I I hope outside and Senate side that the leadership is not taking off the table the possibility of coming back if we need to. Because there's, there's, traditionally, as part of a reform in the 90s, they changed the way session worked, that it would end by August 1st, because you had this idea you didn't want lame ducks in there voting for stuff. But I, I think it's an extraordinary time, and I think it's important that we keep on the table the ability to come back and, and, and take some votes if we need to. Or if we're not going to take roll call votes, that we all work together and get something done by unanimous consent, which is, of course, also a possibility and is legally allowed in, 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 under the House and Senate rules. Speaking of working together, we all know that in Massachusetts we have a Senate. I think we have there's 40 members of the Senate, and I think we have three Republicans. In the House, we have 160 uh, members of uh, our House of Representatives here in Massachusetts, and I think 
something like 27 are, are Republicans and a few independents, but the vast majority is Democrats. Is, is that, I mean, I know that it makes it easier for Democrats to pass their agenda, but is there still rancor among Democrats when it comes to these difficult issues which you tackle? Oh, absolutely. They're, they're, you, you have differences of opinion. Sometimes it's geographically. Sometimes it's like what end of the Democratic spectrum do you fall on? Sometimes it's as simple as are you a member of leadership? Are you not a member of leadership? Are you someone that's you know trying to be uh, more of a flamethrower, you know, trying to get a lot of attention? And, and yeah, there, there's, a, there's a lot of different opinions on issues, of course, but when you talk about money, I mean, it, it is very different, I think, to be a, a Democrat from, say, the Foxborough area, like Senator Paul Feeney, than it is to be a Democrat from the Northampton-Greenfield district, yeah, Senator Comerford. That, 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 is, that is a very different world. They're both Democrats. I think they're both actually progressive, but I, I think their constituency is a different world, and, and that's like one of the biggest parts of this job is like how do you reflect what the people that are voting for you think and want and and that's very important to do if you want to stay in in office (laughs) yeah if you want to stay in office but also if you but there are times when you just have to follow your own conscience you you and i have talked about that in your conscience there's there's the liz cheney moment where wyoming obviously thought something and she saw that the law said this the constitution said this and she was willing to lose her job over that and and democrat or republican when those moments count I think it, it is it is important that people follow that and are praised for doing so. Absolutely. There you go. That's a great place for us to break. Um, we are going to be back with um, Senate candidate Representative Paul Mark. We're going to talk about his race and what his aspirations are if he gets to the Senate and talk about what's going on for both September 6th and November 8th. We'll be back with Paul Mark right after these messages. Stay with us. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. Here in Western Massachusetts, there is a big race for the little-known but important position of Governor's Counselor. We've had three of the four candidates on the show, and we'll have the fourth candidate on our next show. Jeff Morneau will be our guest. Thursday at 9 o'clock. Bill Newman. Weekdays at 9. And again at 5. WHMP News, Information, and the Arts. When somebody dies, even if it's somebody old or somebody sick and the family is expecting it, it's still a shock. For the past 110 years, the Saluzniak family has opened the doors to their home for generations of Hampshire, Hamden, and Franklin County families, offering comfort and guidance when it's needed most. There's a certain assurance from knowing that for 110 years, four generations have offered caring help with honesty, integrity, understanding, and the highest standards. The Saluzniak family wants you to know they understand things may have changed, but their dedication to helping your loved ones in your time of loss has never wavered and it never will. They are here for you taking every precaution and will help you understand how you can pay tribute during this challenging time. Saluzniak Funeral Home up at North Street, Northampton. Oh, people have always had a hard time saying Saluzniak. It seems that the CZ always gets everybody. Saluzniak Funeral Home, Northampton. They're not easy to spell, but they are CZ to spell. 
When you shop at River Valley Co-op, you get the best local and organic produce, a butcher shop, wine and cheese shop, fresh seafood, and hundreds of bulk herbs, spices, and more. When you shop at River Valley Co-op, you create hundreds of union jobs and generate over $7 million in purchases from local farms and businesses. River Valley Co-op is your food hub, bringing you the best from around the valley and world while supporting your neighbors and local farmers. Shop River Valley Co-op in Northampton and East Hampton today. RiverValley.com. Co-op. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. And we are back with 2nd Berkshire Representative Paul Mark, uh, who also is a candidate for the Massachusetts Senate. So how is that race going? It's been amazing on one hand, and it's been exhausting on another <laughs> hand. It is it is a, a district, 57 towns, four counties, bigger than the state of Rhode Island. And, you know, I've represented, I think, 29 of them in three of the counties over the past 10 years. But there's still 20, do that math, 28 that, um, you know, I, 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 I've been putting a lot of work in getting to know. It, 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 it has, a like we were talking about the spectrum of, of, of what is a Democrat and what is a Democratic I- ideology. Well, a Democrat in Williamsburg is a lot different than a Democrat in Southwick is a lot different than a Democrat in Pittsfield. And so, you, you know, you're, you're, you're taking as much time as possible to listen, to learn, to let people know what you think, to let people that have never heard of me, you know, where do I come from? Why, am, why did I run for, for, in the first place? And like, what am I, what's pushing me to run to the Senate now instead? And then, we're at so many small towns of the 57, I think 45 or, or 3000 people or, or fewer. It's making sure that everyone knows that if you elect me as your Senator, you're going to see me, you're going to have a voice with me. You're going to be able to get a hold of me. And I've always taken like a lot of pride and I don't use the word pride often that I think someone in the town of Roe thinks of me as well, Paul's the state representative for Roe and he has 15 other cities and towns. You know what I mean? Like, like, I like do. I, I, yeah, I, I love that. It feels amazing when, when I, I, I get that sentiment for people, and I want the Senate district for people to feel that same way, that, yeah, Goshen, yeah, Paul's my senator, and, and I know who he is, and I know how I get a hold of him. Yeah, that is so important that people really... And and it is true, those of us in the Hilltown and those of us in, in the few cities that we have in, in western Massachusetts feel, um, it's, got, it's got to feel like my buddy, Natalie Blay, <laughs> my, my <laughs> senator... Uh, yeah, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. You're going to be in Buckland soon, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got an event in uh, in Buckland on Friday evening at Mike McCusker's place, and I'm really excited. Uh, obviously, I love Mike. I love so many people in Buckland. Uh, I, I, I had the honor of representing Buckland for two years when I first was elected, but also Senator Hines' parents are co-hosts, <laughs> so which is amazing. That's, that's um, pretty ironic. Well, they're, they're right across the street there, yeah. Yeah, right. so that, that, that feels really nice. It feels really good to have, you mentioned like, Rep. Lay, to have Rep. Lay, to have Senator Hines endorsing you, to have the people that you that you've worked with hand in hand think, yeah, Paul Paul would be a good fit for this job. I want I want to keep working with him, means a lot. And then in, some of the endorsements you get, boy, when you start doing this, and if you've done a job like this for over ten years, to have Labor still with you, AFL CIO still endorsing me, to have Progressive Democrats of Massachusetts still with me endorsing me. Sierra Club, 350 Mass, Reproductive Equity Now, Planned Parenthood. To have these groups look at your candidacy and say, you know, you said you were going to do something when you first run, and you know what? You actually lived up to it, and we want to keep you in office. We think you can do even more. 
I, I, I can't explain how, how amazing that feels because you wonder when you do a job, you know, does, does anyone care? Am I doing something right? Am I doing something good? And I feel a lot better about my, my time in, in the house now um, because I've seen like measurable, I've seen measurable thanks, which is amazing. It, it is amazing. And congratulations for that. It must be wonderful. But that also raises another question. I know that you've had really uh, not just great working relationships, but warm relationships with your colleagues, a lot of the representatives who, uh, who you've worked with so closely, especially those that have represented Western Massachusetts, where you've worked as a, as a delegation to get so much done for this region. You are going to be leaving that little cluster. There's still be Joe Comerford and people like that in the Senate that you'll be working with, that you've worked with for all these years. But um, that, that, isn't there something sad about leaving that chamber? I haven't got to the point yet where I'm thinking about it. I, I guess it's been too busy in terms of the of the work of the House still, and then too busy running around the Senate. But yeah, there's going to come a moment. You're right. Uh, the rep from Duxbury, I saw him at at the end of uh, session, and he said, "Paul, I'm going to miss you." I said, "What do you mean you're going to miss me? I'm going to be down the hallway." He's like, "What are you talking about? I never talked to any of the senators." And I started. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it, it, there's not enough time in a day to schmooze with that, each other. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're not on the same committees or or, or, or you don't like regionally have time to spend together, it, it does actually get a little harder. But the the blessing is, I I've worked with. I think I, I I did out the math. I think it's like 18 of the senators I have worked with personally in the house, and and I, uh, the great majority I've I've either worked with in the house or I've I've spent a lot of time with working on issues or working on committees with. So I, I'd say there's only like five over there that I, I really just don't know well at all but you know that's that's the beauty of, of of getting over there and getting to know people and then the class if everything goes right there's going to be five new senators and that's that that becomes kind of a core group of friends for you as well um i had a really big class in the house it was 39 members and, and we were the first class i think since the 1930s that had more republicans than democrats but wow. you know we 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 for the most part were a really tight-knit group and I, I imagine it's going to be the same way in a, in a chamber with that many fewer people. Wow. So, um, last, uh, last words. Um, what should people think about between now and September 6th, um, when the primary happens and, um, tell us about what they can do to hop on board the Paul Mark Express. If, if you live in one of the 57 cities and towns, and that includes 11 in Franklin, nine in Hampshire and five in Hampton County, I would be honored to have your vote. I will be the best senator I can for you. I will always work as hard as I possibly can. You will always have my ear. And I will always, if we disagree with each other, you will always have an explanation of why that was. Um, if you have a, a ballot at home right now, please consider me. I'd love your vote. If you're going to start early voting starting this Saturday, the 27th, again, please go to your local polling location, find out what your town or city is, is offering in terms of early voting and take advantage of that. Uh, and if you want to wait till September 6th, you know, do so too. And I, I'd encourage anyone, uh, if you want to learn more about me, votepaulmark.com uh, information. Uh, you can get my email, you can send me an email. And I'm, I'm doing an event every single night from now through September 6th. So somewhere in this district, if you want to find me, you will find me. <laughs> um, but then I would also say, you know, there's a lot of important races, statewide races, and, and take a few minutes to learn about those candidates, too, because it's not often that we elect a new auditor, a new attorney general, a new lieutenant governor, and even a new governor. And 
And it, it, it's important that we make sure those people care about Western Massachusetts. Here, here. Thank you so much, Paul Mark. I always love talking to you, and I know my listeners do as well. So good luck to you. I hope to see you soon. And uh, if not, talk to you next month during election season. Sounds great. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you, Paul. Bye-bye. We're going to be back. Nan Parati has a very interesting thing on her schedule today. So we'll be back with Nan right after these messages. Stay with us. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg. 101.5 WHMP. The Afternoon Buzz is brought to you by Lundgren, family-run since 1964. Greenfield's largest automotive group is the place to buy your next Honda, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, or Ram. Experience it in Greenfield. For WHMP News, I'm Jess Tyler. South Hadley and State Police are conducting an investigation at a home on Bach Lane this morning where power company workers have had to cut the electricity. South Hadley police officials confirmed this is a criminal investigation, but that there is no threat of harm to people in the neighborhood. The South Hadley Electric Light Department had to cut power to the house due to the nature of the investigation. President Joe Biden is canceling some student debt for millions of Americans, delivering at least partially on a campaign promise and hoping to energize younger college-educated voters ahead of the November midterm elections. Biden's plan calls for thousands of dollars in loan cancellations for those who earn less than $125,000 a year. For those who went to college on Pell Grants, $20,000 will be forgiven. Those who did not receive that grant will see $10,000 in forgiveness. Hampshire County Sheriff Patrick Kalane is investigating claims of a suspicious vehicle. The Daily Hampshire Gazette reports a woman has driven by the home of a Hampshire County jail employee several times and taken photos of his house. The police reports filed indicate the car was a black SUV with government plates. The employee thinks this was the result of a lawn sign he has in support of Caitlin Cepeda. In a separate incident in Goshen, 12 lawn signs were stolen, showing support for Yvonne Gittleson and Cepeda. Kay Lane said an investigation into the matter will be conducted, likely by an outside party. Kay Lane, Cepeda, and Gittleson will appear at a final forum for the Democratic candidates for Hampshire County Sheriff tomorrow at the Northampton Center for the Arts. Mostly sunny breezy this afternoon, a high of 84 to 88. Noticeable humidity, but not oppressive humidity. Evening temperatures in the 70s and 80s under mostly clear skies tonight. An overnight low of 58 to 64. Partly to mostly sunny tomorrow, 86 to 90. Some showers likely Friday afternoon. 22 News Storm Team Meteorologist Brian Lapis, 1015 WHMP. Every day, financial ads claiming to be different from the competition. Are they? I'm Francis Rayum, the money doctor, and I'm about to make a bold statement. I believe the thing to focus on isn't their uniqueness, it's yours. No one has the same financial situation or needs as you, and no one can help us help you better than you. But the truth is, when it comes to managing money, most of us are not as successful as we'd like to be. No matter how focused we are, it's almost impossible to separate emotion, and being in a relationship can further compound the issue. That's why I developed Hug Your Money. Financial coaching, coupled with online software and tools to empower you to manage money wisely. We guide you every step of the way to resolve immediate issues and plan for your financial future with modeling scenarios. So whether it's debt, budget, retirement planning, or a financial crisis, having a Hug Coach in your corner is like having a new best financial friend. Hug Your Money is as unique as you are. In fact, it's patented. Visit HugYourMoney.com. 
Lady and the Amp Fest 3, celebrating 35 years of rocking the boat. A day-long music festival this Saturday at the Institute for Musical Arts in Goshen, featuring students, faculty, and alumna from the past 20 years of IMA's summer rock program for girls and young women, with performances by Hannah Mohan from Topsy, Sarah Kahansky from EIEIO, Ray Kimura from Moxie, and many more, as well as the IMA faculty band featuring the legendary June Millington from Fanny, Evelyn Harris, formerly Sweet Honey in the Rock and now Stompbox Trio, as well as local hero favorites, Aaron McKeown, Marcia Gomes, and Janelle Birdle. The festival will also honor the short and inspiring life of IMA alumna, Jana Abramovitz, including a set by members of her band, Tropical Hot Sauce. The Lady and the Amp Fest 3, this Saturday on the lawn in front of IMA's Big Barn. Music starts at noon. More details and for tickets, IMA.org. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. And this is Wednesday in the second half of uh, Afternoon Buzz, which is always an interesting thing. Yep. Nan Parati, who brings eclectic issues before the table. What do we have for today? Today, we're talking about sobriety. Sobriety. Yeah, but we're going to do it in the most fun of manners, because I have with me today Justin Caps, nicknamed Caps, who I've known, gosh, for about 400 years, since he was young, about in college, I believe. And he, I never really knew him sober until just a few years ago. He's always been entertaining. He's still entertaining. And welcome, first of all, Caps, to the program. I'm so happy you're here today. Very happy. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. So, and, so in which of those 400 years did you become sober? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so if we do the math on that. Um, so it's been, uh, I'm coming up on five years now. Coming up on five years in January. Well, before you go on, congratulations. I think that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. And, Thank and you very much. One of the things I think about, because even though I'm not a drinker, I talk to a lot of people who do drink, and they see that as their, in, not entire, but they see that as a part of their identity. This is what I do. I mean, this is how I be social. This is how I entertain myself, entertain others. You're extremely entertaining. How do you reconcile all that? Where did it all come from? Sure, yeah. I mean, I, I, I think that, um, you know, even for for normal folks who are navigating, you know, the social stratosphere and trying to find some comfort um, can certainly find that in all sorts of things, including drinking. Um, for me, it was, it truly was an identity though. You know, to me, it was a love affair. Yeah, <laughs> I remember <laughs> you know, those so, days. <laughs> so I wanted to be um, lots of things, you know, and I wanted to be that entertaining person and, and um, but I wanted to be someone who could drink successfully and do all of those things. Um, and it turns out I gave it the college try <laughs> and I never quite got there. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so, um, so I, I would say that probably what you experienced, which I think a lot of people have is, you know, the, the true essence of me would still come out, uh, you know, even though I was going through that um, that long-term struggle, mm -hmm. you know, of trying to reconcile those things. Yeah. Um, and so what was it that made you decide, okay, now I'm going to do this. I've got to go sober. Cause I know that you did try a, a couple times before. I remember what made you do it this time? 
Sure, sure. Yeah, um, I tried. I I would say uh, there were a, a number of brief periods of sobriety. You know, I, I started I started my drinking career um, in my teens, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, so there there were periods where I would get to a point and say, okay, I'm having some consequences. I should get some, you know, control over this thing. And, um, you know, I'm a pretty creative guy. I came up with lots of ideas, lots of ways to approach that. Um, none of them ever stuck, Mm. you know, um, a a pretty popular phrase is I couldn't stay stopped. Uh You know, there would always be, uh, the allure of the, the perfect balance, which is the amazing guy that I am, but, but that that guy has to be able to drink too. It's got to be able to drink successfully. And, and I chase that, you know, so I would go through periods of sobriety. Things would go great. And then that thought would come one day of we can have our proverbial cake and eat it, too. Mm-hmm. And then I would I would come at it with some new approach and then I would be right back at it. And those consequences would get worse. And so this last time I was out of ideas, uh-huh. to, be, to be perfectly honest with you, I, I got to a place where I was so desperate. Uh, and things were, you know, I had sort of a feeling of impending doom a little bit, but, um, mostly I was just beaten down, you know, um, when you try at, at really at one thing, uh, for such a long time and, uh, and you never get any closer to success at it, it really starts to wear on you. And so, um, you know, I did not sit down that day and decide I'm going to be sober for five years or that I'm going to join this fun little, you know, club that, uh, you know, meet in church, dingy church basements and chain smoke. And, you know, I didn't think any of those things, but what I did, the new thought was, I, I think maybe I should ask somebody else for help. Uh-huh. I think I should go outside of myself for the next idea of what I'm going to do here. Uh-huh. And, and that's what started that journey. Um, did, and what, an important thing too, I think also is the fact that you have been in entertainment. You work at Bonnaroo, you do all kinds of really, really mm-hmm. fun things. Did that change after you became sober? Are you, you have to change your, your career, your world? Right, right. I was, I was really worried about that. It was actually one of the things I would say that uh, kept me from getting to that point of desperation where I was willing, you know, to ask somebody else for help. Um, I was worried that what it would mean, a couple of things, certainly my job, I thought I'm going to have to sell my company. You mm-hmm. know, I'm not going to, so many of the things that I do revolve around alcohol. Um, you know, we host weekly pub trivia, I DJ weddings, you know, go to uh, music festivals where there's plenty of drink and drug. And, and I, I thought for sure that that would be it. Mm-hmm. I'd have to give it up. Um, and, I talked to somebody very early on in the process and I, I was honest with them about that fear. You know, I said, I, I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this. And, and they were pretty honest with me too and said, Hey, I, I don't know if you can either. Um, uh, but there are no absolutes here. Um, and let me, let me get you in touch with a friend of mine who has had some experience with that, you know? So this is sort of, I believe, um, the perpetual gift, of getting involved with a community or even just starting out with one person who has some success mm-hmm. in an area that you're failing, right? right? This is the first time that I'd done that. And so he pointed me in the direction of someone that he knew. And so I sat down and talked to this guy. He said, listen, you know, I have been sober and uh, I have also 
owned my own brewery for uh, about seven years. Wow. And so what he said was, um, the first thing you need to recognize is that um, you could lose your life if you don't stay sober. You know, so that's first and foremost. But um, but you still may be able to to do this thing. And so he actually uh, he he tricked me. He really <laughs> duped me. Yeah. Uh, if he had sat me down and said, "Caps, man, it's really simple. All you need to do is meditate," I would have said, "Cool. See you never." Uh, <laughs> he instead said, "The next time that you go to a gig, um, take you know two minutes. Set the timer on your phone. Two minutes in your car." And imagine the best drinking experience you ever had, like the most inconsequential beer, right? Like the birds are chirping, freshly cut grass, pint of glass on the uh, pint of beer on the, you know, uh, the back deck of a brewery, whatever. Nothing bad happened, no car accidents, nothing. Um, and then after that, close your eyes again, do two more minutes and then think about, you know, the worst. Huh lowest point and you won't be able to conflate those two things you know that those those handful of times that you can remember it going well um, are not worth the other um, and then go and then go work and see how that goes and so that's what I did I literally I did that before every single gig that I had for probably a year straight oh wow um, and what I began to see is that it's not about what everybody else is doing um, I don't need to be angry that other people can have a casual beer and enjoy themselves. That's great. I can't, mm -hmm. you know, that's just not my story. That's not something that I'm capable of and that's okay. Uh, and when I, when I did that, um, that was sort of, that broke me through that initial phase of like, am I going to be able to do this? Mm -hmm. And then it's actually grown from there and it's become more than anything I would say entertaining. <laughs> so now I live vicariously through uh, seeing, you know, uh, the, the, the drunk guy that comes up to me at a wedding and says, you've got to play the Muppets theme, the theme from the Muppets. Do you have it? It needs to be played now. So that guy is drunk enough that I know how he's going to feel the next day. Um, and and I can remember I can remember um, how things used to go. <laughs> Um, and, and it's connected now to, to gratitude, to the new life that I have. Um, but you know, it took a little bit of time and, and in that it took some practical, um, uh, guidance uh -huh. from someone who had had some success uh -huh. in it. You know, that was not my idea and I would have never come up with that, with that approach. So do you always think of the same is, I'm not going to ask you what they are. That wouldn't be fair, but the same best and worst incidents while intoxicated. Are they sure. always the same incidents when you think about it? That's a great it? question. Um, I wish I had more than like three, you know, mm -hmm. uh, uh, good, <laughs> uh, where everything went well experiences. Uh, it's pretty, pretty easy to remember those cause they're, uh, they're, they're pretty, you know, few far in between. But, um, I, I will say that the worst, um, is the same it is the same moment uh -huh. it's not the day that i woke up and chose to get sober but it was the moment where i moved from having some sort of uh tenuous grasp at hope you know i've i've always had this 
uh, you, you can make the argument irrational kind of childlike um, optimism mm -hmm. in my life. And, and that certainly got me pretty far when it came to, you know, uh, continuing down the road of drinking, even when the evidence showed that um, it wasn't going well and that uh, and that I couldn't really do it um, like normal people. Um, but but that there was a day where I crossed that line into. I'm hopeless here. Oh, you wow. know, I don't, I don't, I don't think that I'm going to be able to, to do this. I don't, I, and, and I don't know how to not do it. Um, that is a, and, that and does I, sound like a painful moment. It yeah. was tough. You know, it was tough, but it was needed. You know, um, I had to get to that place. You know, there wasn't, um, there wasn't a judge, you know, power pointing at me right. over the gavel. There wasn't, uh, an impending charge. It was just me, you know, um, that was a place that I needed to get to in, in order, um, in order to, to break the ego enough to, to become even potentially willing, you know, to ask somebody else what I should do and, and to be honest with somebody else about what was really going on. You know, I, uh, compartmentalized that and, and hit it as best as I could from, from most folks, but, um, and, and that, Man, I, actually, I think there's something moment, really yep. beautiful in what, what Justin Capps, who, by the way, is the head of Cap It Off Entertainment, and what he just said, because he took his very worst moment, and in retrospect, that might be his very best yeah. moment. So yeah. uh, I am in total admiration. We're going to have to take a break. Mm. I need a drink, Justin. <laughs> you are so bad. <laughs> have one on me. <laughs> we're going to take a break. We're, we're, we're really grateful to Nan for bringing Capps on to talk about his sobriety it's uh, there are lessons we can all learn from from him, and we're going to continue learning them in just a few minutes. We'll be right back and stay with us. This is the afternoon buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. When it's happening here in the Valley, we're talking about voting it. as well as early voting is the way to go. It shows that we trust the voters. They know why they need an early ballot. They know why they need an absentee ballot. It's not up to government to decide if it's a legitimate reason or not. The voters should get to choose. So this, I think, is a huge advance. 101.5, and twelve forty. We are the Valley. We are WHMP. Lundgren Honda. Experience it. Now, it isn't just one thing. It is everything you expect when you're looking for your next car, your first car, or to repair your car. Award-winning customer service, no-hassle, negotiation-free pricing, and friendly, familiar faces you know and trust with your vehicle. Rob Avery from Lundgren Honda. We're all looking to get the most for our money when it comes to buying gas. How is your gas mileage doing? Is it as good as when you first got your vehicle? Let Lundgren Honda help. We will have one of our technicians perform an express oil change service. It will change your oil and filter and fill the engine with the correct oil. Check and set the tire pressures to the proper specs and make sure that your air filter is clean. All of these make a big difference when it comes to gas mileage. Call, stop by, or make an appointment online and mention this ad for 10% off. Consumer Satisfaction Award winners two years running. Lundgren Honda proudly provides you with an award-winning experience. See the latest selection of new and certified pre-owned cars at 409 Federal Street and LundgrenHondaOfGreenfield.com. Lundgren Honda of Greenfield. Experience it. 
Hi, it's Jessica, owner of Fitness Together in Amherst and Northampton. As the weather gets warmer, I know many of you are thinking about your summer workout schedule. And if you're like me, it's all about finding work, life, and workout balance, which is why when you sign up at Fitness Together, you'll put a schedule together with your personal trainer that actually works for you, is stress-free, and will help you stay fit, healthy, and balanced. Visit us online today at fitnesstogether.com, Amherst, or Northampton, and sign up for your free consultation. The price of chicken wings is falling just in time for football season. That's just one of the bright spots in the latest data trends from consumer analytics firm Information Resources. Overall, however, prices of food at home remain elevated, rising 1.2% from the end of June to the end of July. The Better Business Bureau reports scammers are targeting social media users who have verified accounts. Account holders are receiving emails saying their accounts need to be re-verified. Clicking on the link, however, downloads malware that can steal personal data. Kids are expensive, especially around back-to-school time, but the Brookings Institution has added up all the costs associated with a child from birth in 2015 to age 17, and it may be more than parents think. The bottom line, a price tag of more than $310,000. I'm Mark Huffman. Learn more at ConsumerAffairs.com. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. And we are back. Nan, you're talking to Justin uh, Capps of uh, the head of Capitoff Entertainment about his years of sobriety. Yeah, Capps, you were talking about where you got and what got you in. Okay, I've got to do this now. If somebody were listening to this, somebody, let's say, somebody's listening to this and going, okay, I'm there, I'm there, what do I need to do? What would you tell them to do next? I always think that you should start your own world of, of meetings and things just because you're so uniquely entertaining. <laughs> but what would you tell people to do since you haven't started your uh, own meetings? <laughs> that's a, no, that, well, that's a, that's a fantastic, uh, I appreciate the endorsement. Um, I would, <clears throat> I'm weary because I do think that I'm at risk of potentially starting my own cult and and by purely by accident not for like uh, monetary gain or for any nefarious purposes but uh i find some appealing aspects of that so that would be probably why i wouldn't start my uh my my own but yeah i i think if you know if if someone if someone's listening you know a lot of the a lot of the work uh initially and in, in my experience and i can only you know, speak on my personal experience of what happened, but um, a lot of that work, uh, it, it really does happen inside ourselves. You know, I had to, I had to become convinced that I needed to seek help outside of me. Um, and, and for me, that was, um, it was two things. Uh, I stole somebody else's idea, talked to a guy, he said, this is what I did. Uh, he'd gone to a rehabilitation center and then he'd gone to uh, an intensive outpatient program, which is what I did. Um, I signed up for one that was three times a week. It was kind of a group setting. Um, and then at the same time, I started uh, uh, going to a 12-step fellowship. Um, and, and I continued to do that work. And, um, and I truly do believe for me uh, that that has saved my life and continues to do so. Um, and it doesn't mean that that's what has to happen for anybody, you know, who's struggling, um, you know, with this sort of thing. But I would say in a general sense, um, 
if you are someone who is constantly in the cycle of, I have a new plan, I'm going to go about this. Um, if you have experienced people kind of having that, that strange look at you, like, why are you still doing this? You know, how, you know, that don't quite understand. Um, I would say, um, seek some advice outside of yourself. Go try to find someone who has had success with the thing that you're struggling with and ask them what they did. You know, that would be, uh, that would be my, my sort of general advice. Yeah. I know that we were, um, we're practically related here. Can I call you my (laughs) (laughs) nephew-in-law? Sure, sure. <laughs> All right, so you're almost my nephew-in-law. And yes. uh, we were just at the beach together, and I know that several mm-hmm. mornings when we were there, you were off at meetings. So do, are you able to connect with with groups? Is that what keeps you going? Is that, that community, regardless of where you are? Because we were not at home at that point. Right, 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 yeah. Yeah, that is the great part of, of you know, 12-step fellowships. They're everywhere. Um, and, and I would say that even even more than that, like really going through that process, what – what it did, we were sort of uh, speaking a little bit about this during the break is, um, you know, for me, like the taste of alcohol was not the thing that did it for me. It was the, it was the effect that it provided for me. Right. You know, I had a hole in me that I was, I was trying to be okay with myself and it made me in the beginning feel okay with myself when I drank. Um, and then eventually that stopped working and I chased it and chased it and chased it down that rabbit hole almost towards death. Mm. Um, going through that 12 step process for me, um, has provided a new lens, you know, a spiritual life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, um, and it doesn't mean, you know, God or Jesus or anything like that, but it has provided a new. And so, um, you know, the, uh, the meetings, uh, working with other uh, folks who are struggling with the same things, um, those are all a part of that, uh, that new kind of spiritual life that, um, that was, you know, freely given to me. Um, and that's a huge, huge part of it, huge part of it. Uh-huh. Um, and and tell, talk a little bit, too, about, you know, you exactly, I mean, I, I talk about you as being a very fun person, but what is it that you do, what is it you do in your life? What does cap it off entertainment? Because that's also important. Yeah, 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 I love it. It's my, it's my, my baby. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, and it started um, also out of desperation. Man, lots of great things can start out of desperation. Um yeah, but this this was a moonlighting kind of thing for me uh, when I was you know desperately wanting to uh, you know scratch the creative itch and um, started hosting trivia uh, uh, at nights and and eventually started working for a company and then started my own. So uh, we provide you know weekly uh, entertain uh, trivia, music trivia, music bingo things like that, and then we also uh, provide full DJ services now for weddings and corporate events and pool parties and. Um, you know, we really, uh, I have, um, you know, about six or seven hosts now that work for us that um, they really sort of um, get involved in the community of these, you know, bars and, and pubs. And, and you know, for everything that I've said about what, uh, you know, the, 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 the troubles that I had with alcohol, um, there can be some really great community kind of things that, that can come out of people getting together at, at places like this. And we try our best to be involved in those two and uh, just having a creative vehicle and, and, and also, a you know, a flexible schedule so that I can also be involved in those other things. It's been amazing. Uh, you know, it really, it really worked out, um, uh, better than I ever could have imagined. You know, I wonder whether your work as a professional, uh, in your career, uh, to to hit that rock bottom, as you say, come out of desperation, mm-hmm. 
and developed a level of motivation and commitment to changing your life and your life pattern uh, with respect to alcohol and everything else comes. I'm wondering whether the same motivation and commitment goes into building a business or is it really different? That's a great question. I will say that the I, I would argue in my experience, the, the common denominator, the underlying factor for both is humility. Hmm. You, have to, you have to find humility if you're going to run uh, a successful business. You, know, you have to ask yourself along the way, what am I doing well? What am I not doing well? Um, should I give up on this idea? Should I ask somebody else for their, you know, um, uh, untethering the ego from something that you've created, right? And, and that all started through that process. Through sobriety, I had to get honest with myself mm -hmm. about what was really going on. And the, the solution was not within me. As bad as I wanted it to be, as, as bad as I wanted to be smart enough and have the willpower to do it on my own, it, it all started with asking somebody else for help. And so and that's often now what I do. Yeah. So if there's somebody listening right now in the 30 seconds that we have left and they think mm -hmm. they can handle this, they're good enough to handle this by themselves. Can you give them one piece of advice? Absolutely. Yeah. I would say, um, take a moment and ask yourself, uh, if it has been working, try your best to look at, uh, at, at what's been happening. Uh, and, and if you're not sure, what do you have to lose? Just ask, just reach out to somebody else for some help. That's a great idea. You That's are a great idea. You're yeah. a giant caps, <laughs> <laughs> nothing but respect for you. I wish we had more time, but we don't, we're out of time. Nan, thank you for introducing us to Justin Capps. I'm going to bring him back sometime, talk about some other stuff, too. We should, and I'm not going to drink it. I love it. I'm, I'm not drinking anymore. <laughs> no. <laughs> Justin, thank you so much for joining us today. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, everybody else, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a great evening. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. How long and how hard would you work to own your own home? At Pioneer Valley Habitat for Humanity, future homeowners contribute dozens of hours to build a home for their family, but they need your help. Thousands of community Live supporters have participated in for this Northampton and the Valley since 1950. WHMP Northampton. WHMQ Greenfield. A Northampton Radio Group Station. It's fun.